The scariest person in the room is us. The fears that we create and the reasons we don't go into stepping into power greater than ourselves or being going after our dreams and really nailing those things is it comes down to the self-talk and the negative, I'm not good enough, I'm not up for it, what will they think of me? And it's the fear of being judged, it's the fear of being assessed. Well, if we're afraid of judgment and assessment, who's really doing the judgment and assessment? Who's assessing you? You are. That's our guest, Christine Nielsen. With over two decades of transformational experience and driving a variety of businesses forward, Christine Nielsen is a master coach and expert at helping organizations and individuals achieve greater level of performance and more importantly, success. With over 26 years of consulting, She is also a TEDx speaker and has shared the stage with incredible leaders such as Tony Robbins, JT Fox, Russell Brunson, along with celebrities such as Mark Wahlberg, Christy Brinkley, Steve Wozniak, and many more. You're either on the court or you're in the stands. I'm in action. So on the court means you're in action and you're going for whatever it is and you don't care whether they're booing or clapping because it's really irrelevant. The only person that can cheer you on is you. I'm Bob Bianchi. At the Bianchi Law Group, LLC, we are a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge our clients with crimes. Our entire legal team is made up of former prosecutors, and my partner, Dave Bruno, served with me in the major crime and fraud units. And I'm David Bruno. In each episode of this podcast, Bob and I will interview guests who have faced adversity in their personal and professional lives and find out what mindset they employed to triumph. Now we seek the truth through real life encounters and candid conversations with thought provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here, you will find how today's thought leaders in their industry faced immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories ending in personal triumph and ultimate success. We started our conversation with the idea of transformational coaching and how it can make an impact and a difference with people professionally and personally. I'm, I'm so excited and thank you for having me here. And yes, that Times Square billboard was a highlight reel for 2021. And now, you know, as a coach, what is my expectation? Well, what's next? Now, what do we do? We've accomplished this award called Coach of the Decade. And uh, I don't take that lightly because it really was in service of my life's work. So, yeah, that was that one. Yeah. So t- tell us about, you know, I think a lot of people have a misconception. Like they said, we really didn't use business coaches. We're just like really, really good trial lawyers. And that's how we just kind of went around the world. But, you know, it wasn't until somebody said to me, Christine, and I remember me and you were speaking, you know, offline outside the event, um, that there's no honor in people not having eyeballs on your law firm as a business. You you can't help as many people when you don't run it. How? Why did you get into the coaching space? And and there are a lot of coaches out there, Christine. Why are you so successful? What makes the difference between a good coach and a not good coach? Oh, I love that. So let's answer the first part of that and why I'm successful. So the the distinguishing factors are really the coaching that we do, and I have been coaching for over 27 years, I was in the pharmaceutical industry and they hired this guru who was a a transformational coach. Well, in 1994, nobody knew what that meant. And so I went, 
huh, that's curious. And I decided I was the top person in my company, top rep, very, very young, right out of university. And I said, this is not my chair. That's my seat. And I built that dream, that vision. How do I go be a transformational coach? And within two years, I was one of the youngest public transformational coaches and speakers in uh, a very public company that is international. So I moved from corporate into this new domain. So what, what was the distinction? What were the differentiating factors? The first part was my drive and desire to make an impact and a difference with people. That was innate in me. I always have wanted that. That's never gone away. And coaching made sense. I'm a competitive hockey player. I've had coaches in my life since I was six years old. Why wouldn't I have a coach in business? Why wouldn't I coach businesses? Why wouldn't I coach people on what's stopping them? Where are they stuck? Where are those limitations and, and the limiting beliefs they have? So that's really the, the starting points, if you will. Yeah, well, Christine, like you, you've actually parlayed this in, in, in a positive way. You know, it, it, virtually every successful story that we've had on the show talked about their desire to help other people and, and that they will, the return will come rather than always being about themselves. So we are definitely seeing themes here, Dave. But look, let, let's be honest. You obviously are great at what you do. You shared the stage as a TEDx speaker. You've been on with Tony Robbins, JT Fox, Russell Brunson, Mark Wahlberg, Christy Brinkley, Steve Wozniak. I mean, like there obviously is something exceptional about what you're doing. And I, I'm going to bet it comes down to your mindset, uh, Christine. Tell me about that. So I, I love that you asked that because I also am a neuroscience coach. So the mind, our mind isn't set, it's dynamic. It's constantly learning. And the moment it's stuck is where we stop learning or we've maybe made a decision about ourselves, about our value, about our worth. That is keeping us small, keeping us limited to what's possible. And my entire life has been about what's possible what's possible for human beings, what's possible for me, what's possible for business. And so when I'm stuck in a limiting belief, what you would call a mindset, then I'm stuck in what's not possible because those beliefs started when we were kids. We inherited most of the things that we actually think about ourselves today. And that belief system starts to trickle up. And then we put ourselves, by the time a girl is eight years old, She's decided whether she's good at math or not good at math. And that determines the trajectory of her life. Mm -hmm. It's the same with boys. So we all have these moments where something happened and we decided, well, I'm not good at that. Or something might be wrong with me. I must be broken. Mm -hmm. And then we start to build, you know, resiliency and compensating mechanisms that we strive to. Well, if I can't be the prettiest girl in the room, I'll be the smartest. If I can't be smart, I'll be funny. And that shapes our personality, which is what you talk about as the mindset. So those are the things that we go to work on in leadership coaching, because really it's no different in the boardroom with executives. You've got a bunch of executives running businesses that have made determinations about themselves at a young age that quite frankly, we're compensating for. Christy, we, uh, you know, I could already tell this is something we, we could have her on for about eight hours, okay? Because you're speaking our language here. Yeah. Well, I, I, one of our last guests talked about, and I'd I like you to, because you're kind of in this space, the fear of success 
okay, which is, could be a real thing. And having been a person who ran a very large agency for a significant period of time, there's also that personality that it doesn't have fear of success. They really don't have any fear of anything, and they also have an overinflated viewpoint as to who they are and their skill sets. I don't care how you answer that question at all, but there, there's, what do you, what do, you, do you see that in your coaching? Oh, yeah. An overinflated view of our skills and our, our skill sets is, is really a blind spot on connectivity. So what that looks like in reality is people feel that they're untouchable. They don't fear anything. Well, they actually, we all fear something, you know, whether it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of ourselves, never having what we want there. We're always responding to loss, less or never. And so in, in those things, what happens is that ego or our, the way we're designed as people is we create a persona that either is connecting with people because that's what we need to, to thrive and to survive, or we're disconnecting and we put ourselves kind of in a box where nothing's gonna touch us. Both of those things are needed in leadership today. You need to know how to connect and how to also disconnect from other people's energies, negative personas, negative impact. So the ego, we used to use a book in a lot of the programs that we uh, led to see your level leaders called the sociopath in the corner office. And there's a lot of really success drivers in hanging out with and being around people who have, you know, sociopathic tendencies. They're very dynamic. They're very creative, but there's also limitations. And what you're seeing today with businesses specifically, especially in the great resignation boom, if you will, what you're seeing today is that no longer carries forward a culture where people want to work for you. Mm. So what's more important? Oh boy, it fits right into our conversation going on right now. And that is you know, we're, we're struggling on the sales side to really get the right person to pick up these phones, connect with our people in trouble and things like that. And uh, in, this, in this time right now, it's difficult to find the right person. So, you know, can you add to that as to someone like us, the Bianchi Law Group, or similarly situated businesses trying to find the right people to fill the seats? What advice can you give them? I'm, I'm going to give you this advice. Start with your culture first. So who do you want reaching out to your most special clients? What qualities do they have? What characteristics? Don't put a hot body in a chair because they're hard to find. Because that's what's happening is high turnover rates because you miss, miss hire and then are slow to fire. So if you're trying to attract people into your business, first off, you've got to start being who you want them to see. You have to start being people they want to be around. You have to personify the culture of your business, your values. What do you stand for? That's where we start with the hiring process. It's not who do they need to be. How do you show up that they want to show up and be working with you. And just to your point, it is a challenge right now, but if you're patient and you know exactly what you want, you will get that right salesperson because they will emulate what your business stands for and your business model. And we are seeing some really crazy things, people not showing up on day one for the job, more declines on a job offer than we've ever seen before. It is a job seekers market right now. That's not gonna last forever. But just be patient 
know who you are and know what your company has to offer your clients is more special than just putting a bum in a chair. Right. Yeah. Talk to me, if you will. I'm using a term I lifted during our break from you. Who is the scariest person in the room? It's you. And it's you. And it's the person in the mirror. The scariest person in the room is us. The fears that we create and the reasons we don't go into stepping into power greater than ourselves or being going after our dreams and really nailing those things is it comes down to the self-talk and the negative. I'm not good enough. I'm not up for it. What will they think of me? And it's the fear of being judged. It's the fear of being assessed. Well, if we're afraid of judgment and assessment, who's really doing the judgment and assessment? Who's assessing you? You are. Mm-hmm. Nobody's walking around all day long going, oh, that Bob Bianchi guy, do you know about him? Like, they don't care. They're yeah. busy being in their own head, so stuck in their own world about they're not being good enough or what they're up for or what they're not up for. That's what, they're, that's what our minds are focused on. We're so entrenched in being afraid of what we think other people think, but we're actually the ones doing all of that self-annihilating, judging, and assessing. Well, you... you- Bringing down some truth bombs. I got to tell you that very well. Articulate. I think it's so true. Uh, when I was prosecutor, I used to put around the office the, the big Teddy Roosevelt quote, which, by the way, Dr. Brene Brown uses. That's why I became connected with her. The man in the arena. Dave, Dave has it. Uh, short of the fact that it's unfortunate, it's a gender specific thing. Obviously, we could talk about man and the, the general gender concept. But that like that was my thing. I hung it up there and would tell him, get in that arena. Stop being afraid of what people think of you or that you're going to fail. There is no failure if you step in there and do your best, win, lose, or draw. Don't be the person in the cheap seats judging what the person that's doing it is doing. What do you think about that concept? You're either on the court or you're in the stands. Yeah. You're either, you, you know, as I said, I'm a hockey player. So I'm either skating, I'm in action. So on the court means you're in action. And you're going for whatever it is. And you don't care whether they're booing or clapping because it's really irrelevant. The only person that can cheer you on is you. The only person that's not cheering you on most of the time is you. People aren't out to get us. We sabotage what we want. And and it's fake. It's actually just an excuse. Oh, I can't do that. I'm not ready. I'm not designed for that. I, you know, I come from a small town. I'm from Kingston, Ontario. I have red hair. My parents were divorced when I was two years old. Like it didn't look good for me. The world was against me immediately. Right. So, you know, all of those things that are circumstances, none of that matters. Stop using it as an excuse not to be extraordinary and not to be who you were, were put here to be. Uh, Dave, I know why she's a speaker now, because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm literally going to clip this out and I'm going to have that, you know, when I wake up in the morning, every now and again, I'm going to push that button because even though we speak the same language, it's so great to hear a professional who's been asked by all these high level people to do it. And you know what I love about what she's saying here is that she, you can tell she can really deliver the product. She's got the goods because it comes down to her, I think, somewhere, maybe her internal uh, reflection on her herself and her own life. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I know you have a question. Oh, no. I mean, speaking our language, we, we have um, the, the man in the arena on the wall here. We had it in the prosecutor's office. Um, core values here, courage, courage, compassion, commitment. So you're speaking our language. And you know what I like to, um, you're an athlete. You get it. 
right? Because um, me, I had sports I played when I was younger. We've had athletes come on the show and talk about their work ethic that they learned from being an athlete. What have you learned from being a hockey player and staying in the game? Actually, hockey saved my life. So when I was growing up, uh, as I mentioned, I was the odd odd woman out, odd girl out. And I had moved to Toronto with my mom and she was going through lots of challenges at the time. And um, the, one of my friend's dads was a coach of a girls hockey team. He actually was the leader of the women's hockey in Toronto. And he picked me up one day and he said, I want you to come for a skate. I was six years old and I joined the Toronto Arrows Hockey League. It's one of the largest hockey leagues for women at the time. And he was my coach. And being a member of a team where you were accepted immediately, where you were uh, regarded as a part of something, when I'd always felt so left out and so different, it really saved my life. Mm. And it saved my life in later years as I, when I moved back to Kingston and I lived with my dad. And I played hockey also. There was a, a little bit of a, a twist in that. I wanted to make sure that my, you know, my dad wouldn't forget about me. So I played hockey in order to please him, show up for him, gain his love. And that was the wrong motivation to actually play that sport. But it also really helped me in times where when I was, you know, I was 11 years old and my stepmom gave my dad an ultimatum. And she said either, you know, I'd live with my dad and my stepmom for a year. And she said to my dad, well, either Christine goes or me and the new baby go. So guess who won? From 11 to the rest of my life, I was raised by my grandparents. So before I was 11, I'd gone through, you know, seven different schools and eight moves. Hockey saved my life. Being a part of something that I could just go be myself and focus on that, help take away the noise. Mm. Wow. Wow. You know, Dave, I was going to say that these reflections that Christine's giving to me come from, you know, I, I'm not a smart person, Christine, but I, I, I say my success as a trial lawyer was always because I was an astute observer of human nature. What that really means is I look in the mirror and see, hopefully, as best I can, the clarity of my own shortcomings and failures and recognize them, identify them, don't blame anyone for them and try to find a way. Uh, I'm not saying it's easy. We all have, you know, these are struggles. Um, but my feeling is that you've had to do a lot of self-reflection. So we always ask this question of our guests, what personal trauma have you had to overcome um, that looked really bleak and dark and maybe, you know, unable, you're going down that hole but you picked yourself up and said, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be a victor. I know you've got to have that story. Well, let's start with that moment in time when my dad drove out the driveway and left me at my grandparents. It was one of the darkest moments in my life. I mean, if your own father doesn't love you enough, who does? Hmm. And so that started a pathway for me where I, at some point, decided, I'll show you. I am good enough. I am worthy of your love. And I became a force to be reckoned with. So it was the catalyst to my success. And at the same time, everything I accomplished and I achieved was demonized by this thing that I had decided that I'm not lovable and I'm not good enough. So the, I was the first person in my family to graduate from university. I have one of the top, I have an economics degree from Queens University, one of the toughest schools in Canada. 
I got a job in the pharmaceutical industry and rose very quickly in the company. And then I became a transformational coach. And by the time I was 26, I was an international speaker. So those are huge accomplishments. And I remember, and I, my dad, I loved my dad, but there were moments where I, my first job, my paycheck was bigger than his retirement check. And I felt vindicated. I had a little bit of righteousness. So that drive and that righteousness started getting in my way. It was a blind spot, as we call it. Do you know what I mean by a blind spot? Yeah. If you look at the horses and, you know, it's like until you see it, right? Yeah. So that blind spot started getting in my way and being around me wasn't necessarily so much fun. You might be collateral damage of my drive, of my ambition. Mm, interesting. And wow. when my dad died. And we had met, like my first coach ever called me out on this. And he said, if you don't get this thing with your dad resolved, you will never feel whole and try being in a relationship with you. And so I drove to Kingston and I sat with my dad and I said, do you remember when you left me? And he said, I never left you. He said, I was messing up so badly. I needed you to have the best life ever. So I let go and I gave your, the people who I trusted the most to raise you, change the entire persona. I didn't have to live with this thing hanging over my head called I'm not good enough and I'm not lovable. That decision that I made that was impacting my experience of my successes disappeared. My confidence started going up. I didn't have to prove myself all the time. I became someone people actually wanted to be around. And they were drawn to the real authentic me just wow. by shattering that story that I'd made up as a kid. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is amazing. Did, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I got just for our audience. Did you come to those conclusions on your own or, or is there a place that you think people can go to get through their mess? Because a lot of times we need others to help us see it. Yeah, like I, your coach coach. I, I literally worked with a leadership coach exactly doing the things that I do now, a transformational coach. And we started working on those stories, those decisions that we make. So now that is my vocation. So you can come to me. <laughs> All right. Awesome. What, what is, can you describe what a transformational yep. coach is uh, for the audience? Transformation is, is really looking at and shifting and altering the way we perceive a situation so that new results and new ways of looking at the situation can arise. So it's a shift change in who we're being. And it's not, it, it's a mind, it's a, this is where you can use that word mindset because you're literally reverse engineering how you think about yourself, about the problem, about a business, about a challenge, and you're altering the paradigm that was holding you back. Mm. So if you use the analogy of the caterpillar to the butterfly, the caterpillar is the caterpillar, and then it goes through the, the transformational process, and then it's a butterfly. The right. butterfly isn't the caterpillar. It's a butterfly. And the caterpillar isn't a butterfly until it transforms. Christine, you, you have got to come back for another episode. We're, we're coming out of time. How can people find you? So you can find me on any social media platform. It's Christine Nielsen, N-I-E-L-S-E-N. -E I'm known as Coach C Official on Instagram uh, and on uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn and our business name is contrast results. So you can, uh, you can connect with us there as well. Again, we want to give a sincere thank you to Christine Nielsen, a transformational coach and our special guest. It really had an effect on me when Christine described transformational mindset as shifting and altering the way we look at a situation. 
so that new results and new ways of looking into a situation can arise. A shift, a change on who we're being and literally reverse engineer how you think. You've been listening to Nothing But The Truth podcast with me, David Bruno, and my law partner and host, Bob Bianchi. We are two former prosecutors and media personalities. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and share this podcast to anyone that would benefit from these stories of rising from adversity and thriving for ultimate success. For more information on this interview with Christine Nielsen, see our show notes of this episode in your podcast app or visit nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com for new episodes, to subscribe to the podcast, and to watch video episodes of all the podcasts and all the interviews that we do on Nothing But The Truth. At Bianchi Law Group, they will guide you through their free consultation, laying down the foundation for your criminal defense with the right legal advice and team. All of their lawyers are highly experienced former prosecutors. Therefore, you know you can face a criminal trial with a strong defense. Their firm continuously makes numerous appearances in revered publications and TV networks. Their extensive experience in criminal law makes them confident in the legal field, at the same time offering their three pillars of service, courage, compassion, and commitment to all of their clients. Without the right legal advice and help, you face a criminal trial that can result in dire consequences with hefty fines and a prison sentence. If you are in New Jersey and facing criminal charges, you need to contact the Bianchi Law Group LLC now, 862-210-8570 or bianchilawgroup.com. Their team of criminal defense lawyers considers you as a whole person and tailors the best defense strategy and resolution for your situation and convene the strongest possible defense. Robert A. Bianchi Esquire and David J. Bruno Esquire are New Jersey Supreme Court certified criminal trial attorneys of Bianchi Law Group, LLC, handling criminal defense, domestic violence, and municipal court cases with a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge their clients with crimes. 8 Campus Drive, Suite 105, Parsippany, New Jersey, 07054, 862-210-8570. The Bianchi Law Group LLC has prepared this concern for general information purposes. Nothing herein is intended to create an attorney-client relationship and shall not be construed as legal advice. The preceding program was paid for by Bianchi Law Group LLC. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMTR. As always, it is advisable to consult a professional before making a major decision.